Right then. Um, so this has come as a bit of a surprise. Um, two weeks to the start of the new season, how surprised are you to find yourself as head coach of Huddersfield Town? Yeah, I think just as surprised as anyone else um, from the successes we had last season and then me to be announced sort of as a head coach after Carlos resigned were a bit massive shock. Did you have any inkling that he was considering whether maybe his time at the club was coming to an end? No, not really. We reflected straight after the final of last season and then everyone just went off on their holidays and spent time with the families. Um, Pre-season were prepared as normal, ready to go. Um, and I think it was four or five days into pre-season when, um, when it all happened. Did he ring you and let you know what he was going to do? Yeah, there was dialogue between both of us. And um, Oh, no, sorry. Sorry, there wasn't. No, I didn't, didn't know until he actually resigned. But there was sort of text messages to prepare pre-season before. And then when the news came, we, know, we spoke to him subsequently. How did that conversation go? Um, I've not spoke to him since, since he's left. So um, I think Carlos will probably be reflecting on the season and the successes he had and then um, preparing for his next, um, next journeys. From what um, Lee Bromby, head of operations, told us that it was always in the plans that you ultimately would be the next person in line. But did you expect it to come quite as quickly as it has done? No, not really. It's not something I've ever sort of set my goal to be a head coach of a football club. I've loved coaching young players, academy players, and transitioning to being assistant first team players. Um, but when I returned to Huddersfield, it was almost something that potentially could happen. But yeah, not it went to happen this soon. I think there were maybe a three, four year plan for me to progress, but um, yeah, certainly not this quick. Uh, and the fact that it has come early, are you ready? Yeah, I think so. I think um, the journey I've been on has been um, very interesting. Um, worked with some great coaches, worked with some really good players who have progressed and developed. And um, yeah, I think a role like this, do you ever feel ready? I'm not too sure, but I think as a coach, I've got my own ideas, um, learnt from a lot of people and um, it's just a case of implementing that now and working with lots of different staff from all the different disciplines to try and um, continue what we did last season. We understand that there was some interest from, from Europe, uh, clubs that thought about asking you to go abroad. How serious were any of those offers? Was it something you ever seriously considered before this happened? Um, I'm somebody who really likes a challenge, so I did have an offer from a, a club in Europe. Um, the contract was offered. Um, I've got really good relationships with um, Lee Bromby in particular, so we're very open and honest and we discuss things and um, it, we, we decided and I decided that it were better for me to stay here and keep progressing. Can you tell us who it was? Um, or, or a country, <laughs> at least. Let's narrow Bel it down. The country was Belgium. Right, yeah, okay. Belgium. And, and, and would that have been something that tempted you? Um, it was very interesting. Yeah, I spoke to the people there. And it was a very exciting project. And um, it was a project where I could go and coach and implement my own, own ideas. And I love coaching. I love helping players to develop and maximise their potential. That's where I get my buzz. Um, so, yeah, if it, the opportunity now is to do that Huddersfield as head coach. And my focus is, is on here. So you are now the man at the top of the tree. Um, and clearly, you are your own man. You know, Fair enough, there's a succession plan. You know, the, the club had intended you to, to take that step, but how do you think you'll maybe do things differently? Yeah, I think there's always been processes here at the club um, in terms of the different areas with the sports science, the, the physio, the analysis, and I've been a big part of working in that process. Um, there is things I, I will tweak, I will add, um, sessions will be different, things will look slightly different, but it's always 
about reflecting on things. So what's gone well and why, why it's gone well and what can we improve and how? And these are the two questions I constantly ask myself. So there's going to be certain areas we're going to play in a very similar style. We're going to be very attack-focused, attack-minded. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's going to be interesting. Now you're the person who ultimately decides who gets in that first 11. You have to do the nice bit. You have to do the bit where players are going to be disappointed. Do you have to maybe distance yourself from the playing squad a little bit more now, your head coach? Um, not too sure about distance. I think just having some key core principles and behaviours and how you sort of behave and treat people is, is the key to it all. So I'll be very honest. Um, I'll, I'll, be very, I'll be very open. I'll discuss things with the players and um, the best players will play at the end of the day. The ones who are training the best, the ones who we feel as though can impact the game the best. Um, and we've got a fantastic squad here. Um, it's very competitive. Every training session is intense. So the competition for places is very high. The perception will be that Carlos Kilbrand decided he'd taken this particular squad as far as he could. Why do you think there is still more to come from these players that you can at least match, if not better, what you achieved last season? I think first and foremost, the players are very, very hungry. And them as people are very connected. It, I've said this before, I think, in, in interviews, that it's very unique, the connection these, these players have together, particularly in the modern world where you can isolate yourself with social media and things like this. But there is a real strong connection. And I think when you have that, it's the foundation to then build on the football, the tactical, the technical. So um, I think there's definitely more in this squad. Yeah, do you feel like you need to prove almost that last season wasn't a fluke? Well, I think if you look at previous teams in the championship, they've had a certain sort of success and then really dropped off it the following season. Um, like I say, we've got a plan. There's processes in place to try and make us sustainable and have that success season after season. And that's that's going to it's going to be a challenge. But I think one one we're all going to work hard to try and achieve. Yeah, because you know the the brutal kind of criticism is that Huddersfield will be a Barnsley get to the get to the playoffs, drop off relegation you know, why is that not going to be the case I think I've said it just about the people the, the people here the the players first and foremost and then the staff supporting them I think um a reason why this is relatively not easy but relatively comfortable for me to come into this role is because I feel as though there's lots of support there's lots of people wanting the same kind of thing Huddersfield to be the best team they can be, the players to be the best players they can be. And I think when you have that around you, you get a feeling you probably can't describe. So I feel as though that's really strong at this football club. At this time of year, inevitably, the focus is all on transfers. Who's staying? Who's going? We have to ask inevitably about you know some of the prize essays, your Lewis O'Brien's, your Harry Toffolo's. The big fear is that they will go. And then where does that leave you? Um, do you have to prepare this squad as though they are here, but also have in mind that they might well not be come the Burnley game. Yeah, I think at the moment that's just all rumours. So the players I have on the training pitch, we're just training every single day. And like I said, the best players, the best performance, performers will start against Burnley on, um, on the first game of the season. And I appreciate it's unfair to talk about individuals specifically, but in terms of transfer business, does it suit you as the new head coach? that whatever happens, it's done sooner rather than later. So at least then you know what you're working with. Yeah, I think so. I think you always want to prepare your team the best you can. But the, like I said, it's just rumours and the players we have in the building, the ones I'll, I'll prepare. Jack Rudoni, 
is a Huddersfield Town player. Tell us a bit about him. Yeah, no, he's a fantastic player with lots of potential. Um, I think he's someone who we've followed for a long time. We've done lots of analysis, in-depth analysis within meetings, um, collaboratively. We've all been a part of this process. And um, yeah, we're very excited to get Jack on the pitch and um, get him mixed in with the other lads. You see the new Lewis O'Brien? <laughs> I'm not too sure. We'll see um, We'll see where he goes, but he's, um, he's different to Lewis, but similar in other ways. Um, and every, every player is unique, so um, we're excited to have Jack on board and we'll, um, we'll start the coaching process. As it stands, are you expecting many more incomings in the next couple of weeks? Um, I'm not too sure. I think there's always interest in other, other players if they can strengthen our squad. But um, at the moment, I'm really pleased with the players we've got. I think we're very competitive first and foremost. And um, they understand the principles from last season, so we're going to build on that. You've got this huge affiliation with Huddersfield Town from way back when arriving. What was it? Two grand and some new nets? Is that is that the case? Something like that. A bag of balls and some nets, yeah. Brodsworth yeah. man as well. For, yeah. So the good old days. Huddersfield is intrinsic in your career. Does it help having that affiliation in that it buys you goodwill, it buys you time? Or does it bring an extra level of pressure because you love it here and it matters whether you succeed or not. Yeah, I think that's probably how I, however I perceive it. I see it as, um, first and foremost, a fantastic opportunity for me, at a football club which is very close to my heart and my family's. Um, and I'm very excited by that. Um, yeah, this club gave me opportunity to be a professional footballer. Um, I'm just reminiscing there and thinking, but but no, it's um yeah, and, and now to be the head coach, it's it's a massive honour, and one I'm going to work very hard to try and make it a success because I know these these roles are very challenging. Um, but like I said, we're going to work together. We're going to try and aim in one direction, and um, I'll be giving it everything because it is my club. It's nowhere to hide though, is there in the championship? Maybe in an ideal world, you start off a bit lower down, a bit <laughs> yeah. less scrutiny. Yeah. No, particularly this season as well, where we've got the November break and the, the games are crammed really close together. So it's it's, it's going to be intense. Um, we're going to be using a lot of the squad um, to fill these fixtures. But um, yeah, let's, um, let's all jump on board and enjoy the ride. That first day that you signed for Huddersfield Town then, you know, if somebody had tapped you on the shoulder and said, in X number of years, you will be head coach of this football club, would you believe them? No, not at all. I think throughout my playing career, I didn't really think coaching were for me. I started off coaching the academies and I think it took me two or three years to actually say, yeah, this is um, this is something I really enjoy. So that's been a journey on its own, the, not only the playing career, but also the coaching journey to sort of work out where I want to go. And I think just one day the penny dropped and thought, yeah, this is um, this is something I really want to do. Well, look, we wish you the best of luck. I'm sure thank you we'll be talking much. many times throughout the season, <laughs> but uh, best of luck with it all, Danny. Okay, thank you. Thank Cheers. You. Thank you. Guys on Zoom, just bear with us. We'll just check the room first. Chris, anything to add? Yeah. I just want to ask, is there been any bids for Lewis or Harry, or are you aware of any interesting players? No, I'm not aware. As far as I'm, I'm aware, it's all just rumours at the moment. So um, yeah, I just focus on the coaching side of things, um, the, the talented football players. So if there is interest, I wouldn't be surprised. But it's just rumours at the moment. And are you going to be involved heavily in, in transfer dealings yourself? Yeah, I think this club it's very collaborative. So we're always discussing with the sporting director, the head of recruitment meetings with the owner, Dean. So um, we're all part of the process. Thank you. Mark? Just, just one, Danny, just to build a little bit on Catherine's that Huddersfield overachieved so much last season with Carlos. Just 
how do you improve on that? Yeah, I think it's building on the good things, the principles that were put into place. Um, the players were really buying into some of the ideas. So it's a case of us trying to sort of, first and foremost, build on those good processes and then add our own things to it to try and try and, try and achieve better than we did last season. I think the, I think change, slight changes can always be a good thing. So there'll be certain things we do tweak and um, hopefully that can carry us forward. And surely if Carlos didn't go because he felt he couldn't take the team any further, I mean, that, that, that's some daunting prospect in your first, first job. Yeah, I, I don't see it as that. I see um, life's very short. We're only here for a short amount of time. So uh, my wife gave me the best bit of advice. She said, just make sure you enjoy it. Um, that's what I'm tending on doing. But I know it's going to be rel relentless hard work, but I'm going to enjoy the process because it's all I've ever known, football, playing and coaching. So um, I'll take my wife's advice, I think. Thanks, Good luck. Thank you. Cheers. Chris, anything in here or are you going to wait till... No, I'll just wait there. Super. <clears throat> Leon, thanks for your patience, mate. We'll come to you. Uh, no problem. Congratulations, uh, Danny, from, from one Doncaster lad to another. Oh, uh, top man. Cheers, Leon. Good, good stuff. I'm from Bentley. You're from you're Brodsworth, aren't you? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering, I mean, people are saying, well, um, you know, you haven't got the experience, this and that, but I suppose you'll say, well, look, the, 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 my has never had any experience and he did a great job. That's, that, that's probably what you'd say to everyone, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, well, I think it's it's about the journeys you've been on. I think yeah. whether you've been an head coach previously or not, I think um, you're taking lots of things. If you're willing to learn and grow and develop, I don't know when are you ever ready, but no, this um, opportunity has landed on me, so let's go. Yeah, well, you, I mean, you obviously played under a lot of managers. Which people have you you know really took the most from in terms of in terms of influences? Because you've you've had some good figures in your career, haven't you? Yeah, I think all of them. I, I wouldn't really want to single anybody out. I think I've always tried to learn and grow sort of in every situation I've been in. So I've had some really good managers who have, uh, and coaches who have um, helped me develop both as a player, a person and, and now as a coach. You said about Huddersfield Town, you know, you're saying it's your club. What's in the, it's the DNA that you want from a Huddersfield Town player? I mean, you, you know what the punters um, like here and what they don't like. What's, you know, what, what's your sort of take on that? I think it's to go with the Terrier spirit, what this football club, it, club is. We've got to be hardworking. We've got to be able to fight. But we've also got to have a style of play. Uh, we'll be very clear in what we want to do in possession, out of possession. Um, and there'll be times when we're really aggressive and pressing. There'll be times in the games when we're really structured. But yeah, the, the focus will be on us attacking and being aggressive. And you just, I suppose, you just wanting a bit of time, isn't it, really? A fair, a fair crap from the supporters, the fair supporters here. And... And you know, I'm I'm probably sure you'll get that as well. Yeah, no, the the supporters are fantastic here. Great memories as a player, um, and I'm sure they'll get behind me as a coach and the staff. The, the staff as a coaching team, um, and certainly the players to help drive us forward because um, ultimately the fans are a massive part of what we're trying to do. So together, we can hopefully work together, fans, staff, players, and um, take this club in the direction it wants to be. When did you decide you wanted to be a coach then? You said you, you weren't sure originally. Did, did the, the sort of penny drop one day? Or? I think I was about 28 years old at the time and I just jumped on a coaching course because I thought, when I retire, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I jumped on the um, the UA for B licence um, and then enjoyed it, enjoyed the process of actually coaching players, teaching them the game, understanding the football, shouting at a few players. Um, so, yeah, it went from there, really, and then just stuck with it and slowly, slowly progressed. Yeah, because you were having when you started non-league, had you had you got some sort of other other trade as well? I mean, you were, you played non-league, did you? 
I mean, you probably when you thought you weren't going to be a professional or you weren't in the professional game, did you? Were you doing something else then? Yeah, I was um, working with my uncle on the roads. He, um, he had a tarmacking business at the time. I think I'd just left school. Yeah, so I, yeah. was, I was doing that and then playing part-time. Um, but always thought, like, I can play football for a living here. I, yeah, always, yeah. I, I, had, a, I had a self-belief and, fortunately enough, Huddersfield Town gave me the opportunity and, um, yeah, I did a half-decent career. That's a good sort of perspective, isn't it, really? Those, probably those, I mean, that's hard graft doing that, I would have thought, back in the day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'd rather play football than do that. But yeah, no, um, yeah, I think it's interesting. It, it's all part of the journey, isn't it? These these moments, and um, yeah, they probably uh, shift your focus towards what you want to do. But I mean, everyone. I mean, you've had a great time as a player at Huddersfield, but you've been out of your comfort zone as well. You went to you went to Yeovil, you went to Millwall, you got your hands dirty at Bradford Park Avenue and things like that. So you you know you've you've not had it all cushy, have you? Really, you've gone out and broadened your experiences. That way, you've got a big experience now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Travelled around a little bit, went down south, um, and then came back up north to Rotherham, I think it were. But then, yeah, played non-league. I think as you get older, I was trying to cling on to my career by my fingernails and um, <laughs> went and played part-time and coached part-time. So, um, but no, I, I always wanted to play as long as I, long as I could, um, as long as my body and my head told me I could. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the uh, non-league experience. Yeah. Have you ever had time out of football since you sort of came into it, um, you know, professionally? Or have you, have you sort of always, always been in it? I suppose you will have, won't you? Yeah, no, yeah, I've always been in it. Um, sort of had a little bit of time on my hands when I retired professionally. So just playing part-time and coaching part-time. But yeah, ne- never really been away from from football. And the good thing finally is you've got a strong dressing room there, haven't you, really? You know, you've got you've got good players, but it was spoken about a lot last season. You've got some really good lads in there. And that's gonna that's gonna help you, isn't it? No, the, these players as people are top. Um the the very united, the winners, they want to compete first and foremost. And um yeah, it's a good group of lads. Yeah. Good luck, Danny. Thank you. Cheers, Leon. Thank Cheers. you. Uh, Matt anything to add? Uh yeah just a uh, just a couple of that's all right. Um, Kieran Phillips, um, he's obviously someone that we haven't seen much of in the Terriers shirt, but he started the other night and he's been given the number 17. Um, what have you made of his sort of performances while you've been in the building? And, and does does the squad number necessarily mean anything for him? Is it is it sort of a breakthrough season for him, do you think? No, all the players have come back to, to pre-season and um, we've got all the young players back from the long spells. So... We're constantly discussing about the players that can come in and improve the squad and what impact they can make. And and, and Kieran's one of those players who we're um, we're always talking about. Yeah, is there any other youngsters in particular that have stood out for you? Yeah, there's some really good youngsters. Um, I think the B team are really developing a, a good crop of players and they're being exposed to first team training sessions this season. Um, Etienne Kamara, Brima Diara, Brody Spencer, Patrick Jones. Um, there's a really good list of players who have um, who have got lots of potential, but at the moment that's all it is. We need to keep exposing them through the B team, exposing them to the first team, trying to help develop those players, and um, ultimately they've got to be good enough and show that they're good enough to um, get into the first team squad. I mean, we've seen that, haven't we, through Sober Thomas just in you know the past season. I mean, he's sort of a leading example, isn't he, for players to want to come to Huddersfield Town. It's it's an attractive proposition, isn't it? Yeah, I think if you have a player who like Sorbu, who signs from non-league, initially goes into the B-team programme and quickly develops to the first team, it's almost um, 
a role model to say that that's what the process is here. It can be done. So it's um, it's fantastic to see what Sober's done and John Russell the same. So I'm sure the younger players will be looking to them to say um, that, that I want to be that next player. No, that's um, cheers again.